Welcome to the Codependent Me Podcast. I'm Tamara Shaw, a recovering codependent, a codependent life coach, and the co-author of God Turned Mommy's Wine Into Water. This podcast was created to increase the awareness of codependency and to give a more holistic look at the journey and healing of codependence. Welcome to the Codependent Me podcast. I am your host, Tamala Shaw. And today I have Annette and Mark Anderson with me. I am so very thrilled to have you guys. You are so very welcome. You reached out to me on this wonderful platform called Podmatch. And I read your story and I was like, absolutely. I wanna have them on so they can tell their story and tell the world what they're doing so people can also get in on what's going on. So thank you for being here. Oh, thank you for having us, Tamala. We're glad to be here. Absolutely, thank you. So you guys, now I thought it was very interesting when I went on your, uh, your, your website, it's called Karen, Karen the Load, how do you say it? It's, it's Karen, C-A-R-E-N the Load. And, and uh, Karen, for those who might not be hikers, we're, we love to hike. We, we go, we live near the mountains and we uh, do hiking all the time. And if you've ever been on a uh, trail in the mountains or maybe anywhere, you'll see that there are rocks stacked on top of each other sometimes. And the purpose of that, it's, it's called a Karen. And the purpose of that is to uh, mark the trail, to let you know that someone has been there before. And that's what we hope to do with our listeners as well, is to mark the trail. And so that people don't have to go through the difficulties that are sometimes associated with uh, the frustrations and the tragedies that we have in life. Oh, I love that. I tell people, and it's so true. Most times when you're going through things, you're going through it so the people behind you won't have to go through it the same way you did. It'll be a little bit easier for them. That is fantastic. I love that, Karen. See, and I'll tell you, I Googled it and it came up with a dog. So I'm so glad to know the meeting. Thank you for that. There are there is a breed of dog called a Karen, which I didn't know that, you know, until after we started this. But Tamala, one of the things that's so interesting to me about Karens mm-hmm. is that this is an ancient symbol. And if you go, if you look back in in uh, history in in Machu Picchu, there is a they're up the mountain, on top of the mountain, there are all these stacks of Karens. And individuals would carry their load with them up to the top of this mountain, and they would build this Karen and lay it before their God to take that burden away, that heaviness away. And then when they walked back down the mountain, their load was lighter. Ah, so that was something that someone shared with me that I didn't know about as well. But I love that that visual. Yes, carrying our burdens up, Mm -hmm. laying them before our God, and stacking them, and our burdens be lighter. And really, that's what we hope that we can do with carrying the load. And I know that's what you're doing as well in your uh, podcast and everything you're doing, we're all here to help others. Absolutely. I love that. 
And you all have a book called Finding Me? Yes. You know, we were talking before and, and I was kind of kidding a little bit, but I'm 56. And who would have thought at this age, I don't think I really know completely who I am. And it's this journey of finding me and getting to know myself as, as you'll learn and your listeners will learn as we share more of our story. Um, about 10 years ago, we, we, had, we had a tragedy in our family. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it wasn't long after that that I really didn't know who I was. And I had to go on this journey. So, okay, absolutely. So I was going to say, so you guys want to tell your story? You can get into it. That would be fantastic. I can't wait to hear. You know, maybe even before that, we've just found that life is a metaphor. And everything that we see in life, we we can find a metaphor for. And uh, when when it comes to when it comes to these uh, symbols, we're, we're really into symbols and uh, we see something and we, we try to equate it to something that we can learn from. And, and that's what we try to do is we, we try to help our listeners and those who read our, our messages uh, learn that uh, as you find symbols in life that will help you to learn and to grow, you'll find joy, you'll find happiness and you'll learn how to find yourself. Because I think that one of the things that sometimes we often forget about how important it is is to recognize that uh, we, when we hear the word me, we think selfish. But at the same time, we have to recognize that uh, we, we have to take care of ourselves before we can take care of others. And we've learned so much along the journey of, uh, of, of helping ourselves to learn and to grow and to not look at life necessarily as a, as, as a means to an end, but as as a, as a means to helping us to find certain avenues, certain ideas that will help us to become better next time we have an issue that uh, might not be pleasant. Does that make sense? It absolutely does, for sure. I love that. So I guess I'll start with the story. Please do. Um, we'll give you the Reader's Digest version. The Reader's version. Digest version okay. happens to be that we had a nephew who was diagnosed with a brain tumor when he was, was he 12, 11 or 12? It um, was, it wasn't malignant, but yet it still, it was all entangled and it caused all these, these problems. And eventually he passed away. But I recall this afternoon that I went to, it's called Primary Children's Hospital. It's in Salt Lake City. And our nephew was there. He had just had this biopsy. They were determining what was going on, what his challenges were. And as I was leaving the hospital, I heard this voice that told me to watch because I would be going through this someday. Now, I'm I'm looking around. I'm wondering what in the world did I just hear? And but yet it it spoke to my soul. It it and I knew that I needed to prepare myself. I didn't know what I was preparing myself for, but I knew. And so I watched, I watched intentionally to see how they cared for their son, to see how they cared for their other children, for their family. And and it was difficult to see, 
because you love them and to see him suffer. Right. Well, we're going to fast forward. And he passes away at, in December. It was the 23rd of December. And that next spring, I get a phone call from our son's teacher. And in third grade, in third grade. And she tells me, I think you need to get your son Reed checked out. His hands are tremoring. Oh, I and, and I knew, I knew that, I mean, it just took me right back to that hallway in the hospital. And I knew it was our son Reed. And, and so we quickly got in and, and had him evaluated and had an MRI. And sure enough, he had a brain tumor. And um, for the next, he was eight at the time. And he, um, we were at the doctors constantly doing MRIs and tests, the type of tumor he had. And at the time there was nothing we could do. Um, they couldn't operate on it because of its location. They couldn't, chemo wouldn't affect it. Radiation would, would kill all the vital functions that you needed to, to live. So we went on this journey that there wasn't a whole lot of hope. And we didn't know how long he would be with us, um, but we tried to just manage the pain. And that was, and tried to treat him as normal as he as we could he wanted to be just a normal kid he wanted to play football he wanted to run ride his bike and do all these things and um this journey lasted how many years well, it, was, it was eight years before he had a surgery so at, yeah at so 16 at 16 technology had advanced enough that um they approached us when we i called the doctor's office after a parent-teacher conference and found out when his teacher didn't think he had been reading the books for English class. And the light bulbs went off for me because he begged me to not tell the teachers when he went to high school that he had this problem because he wanted to be normal. Right. And so I had it. And that when this tumor would grow and it would bleed, he didn't remember what he read. Right. Yeah. And so I'm telling the teacher and she's looking at me like, you're trying to get your son out of something with it. I'm like, no, no, no. So anyway, I call the hospital, I call the doctor's office. I tell them what's going on. We go have this, another MRI. They call us the next morning. You know, it's bad when you get a phone call the next morning. Yes. And how soon can you be here? Mm. Now, Mark was out of town. He traveled a lot with his, with his work and so I went and picked up our son from the high school and drove up to the hospital and our son kept saying, I want it out. I don't want to live this way. I, you know, and I, I said, I know you don't. So we're sitting there as the doctor who's one of the renowned surgeons in the world explains to us how rapidly his tumor's growing. There's, if we don't do anything, he will die, but yet, he's they've started this new they've had this new uh, procedure in place where he'd be the sixth in the world they'd ever tried this on and our son said I want it out he goes it has to be perfect you're going to die and he said, I want it out I want it out and so I he looked at me and I looked at him and just said let's try 
you know, what do we do? It was Christmas time. So the doctor had us wait. He says, enjoy the holidays. Try to enjoy the holidays. So the 4th of January, he had surgery. It wasn't perfect, but he lived. And for five years, one thing after another would come up. And it was another piece of the puzzle to the doctors of what happened during the surgery so that they could learn and, and fine tune what they did for those that came after. Eventually our son passed away. He had a, a seizure while driving his car. He went to get gas and on his way home had a seizure just right around the corner from where we lived in and had a terrible accident and gratefully no one else was involved, but our lives changed. And that was the backstory. You know, there's, there's a lot that's happened in the last 10 years. And a lot of that has to do with symbols. Our son was a runner as well. And uh, one of the races that uh, he loved to play football, but he was told he could no longer play football because of his tumor. And so Again, long story short, uh, he was running one day and, uh, at, a, at a race in California, and he passed out up on top of the cross-country hill. And uh, as he was being attended to, he made the comment uh, as he got up and started running and they tried to stop him. He said, I didn't come this far to not finish the race. And so we have put uh, together, really, our, our philosophy, our thinking has been there are so many of us, every one of us, we, we didn't come this far to, to not finish the race. And so it's about finishing the race honorably, nobly, and the best we possibly can. Yeah, absolutely, for sure. That is, but it's been the, no, ahead. I was going to say that's beautiful. I mean, it, even with you talking about the, it, it's the Karen again. I mean, it's it seems like through the whole story, there's a build, you know, to the different things that's happening. But I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, go ahead. No, what I was going to say was, was that uh, that's just the story. What's happened after uh, his, uh, his passing has been nothing short of a miracle for us because we've learned so much about ourselves. And that's maybe what we'd like to share some ideas and some thoughts and some tools with your listeners today because every one of us have to deal with the, the difficulties of life. Right. You know, we, we did a survey recently uh, with, with uh, many people, and uh, it, it came out uh, that uh, there was much more suffering than we ever thought that there was with people in the world. And, you know, in our generation sometimes, I'm a little bit older than Annette. I'm 60 almost. And, and uh, in my generation growing up, if there was a problem, what would you do with it? You would sweep it under the rug. And you wouldn't deal with it. And so when Annette talks about the importance of vulnerabilities, that is really critical to our healthy way of thinking. Absolutely. I agree. Um, that's the way that we were taught. You know, it was one of those, what happens in our house stays in our house. Yeah. That mentality, exactly. instead of, you know, bringing it out, being vulnerable and healing from it, communicating, it was just shut it off. So I totally understand. So what brought you guys to uh, write the book, Finding? Well, the interesting thing when you talk about shutting it off, we can shove it inside, mm -hmm. but it's not turned off. Still there. It's still there and it's building and it's doing its thing. And for me, it took a toll on me physically. And, and my body just started having infections and you know one thing after another. And, 
and I and I talked a little bit in in our you know just kind of telling our story about I really lost an understanding of who I was because I've been a caregiver right for all these years you know I'm I'm a wife and I'm a mom and we have three other children but I was a caregiver I was on call 24/7 I never knew what was going to happen next he could be great in the morning and an hour later he could be passed out I mean, I, you just never knew, right? Yeah. And so about six months after he had passed away, our youngest son went to college. So he moves out. Our two oldest daughters had already moved out. Mark's starting to travel again with work. And I find myself home alone. And I, I honestly, I didn't know who I was. I just felt so alone, so lost. And... This is one of the greatest things that happened to me is an individual, a woman that we were, we were friends, you know, we were acquaintances, let's put it that way. Our children were in choir at school together. And so we would see each other at different events. And I got a, a note in the mail asking me how, you know, just telling me she was thinking of me. She lost my phone number. You know, would I email it to her so she could contact me? She showed up on my doorstep that afternoon. And I remember just her looking at me. She opened her arms and I broke down. And that's where it began. Was here was someone that I trusted, Mm -hmm. that I didn't have to say a word of how I felt. She could feel how I felt. And I began to this journey of healing that go you know it and it was it's hard yes to be vulnerable it's hard (laughs) to look at these things it's hard to see all those things that we swept under the rug yes absolutely absolutely And, and so you know fast forward mark and i learned an important thing just a couple of years ago so this is eight years after our son passed away And someone asked us to do a a test, an Enneagram test. Actually, it was my therapist because I was going to see a counselor because I needed help. And um, we've all taken personality tests before. And uh, we we learned something very valuable about ourselves. And this is a a, a long answer to a short question that you asked about our book. And uh, we'll we'll get into the book part of it there. Uh, But it's important to understand that we recognized probably seven or eight years into the time that our son had passed away, that we were dealing with life completely different. We were dealing with our pain. We were dealing with uh, our anguish, our, our loss. And, you know, we all deal with loss. But how we deal with it is is really critical as to whether or not we're going to be able to get to a point where we can maybe be, we, we, we never, we always say we don't want to be what we were like before because we like what we've become. But we took this Enneagram assessment and the assessment came back that I was a achiever and Annette was a helper. And if you look at, if you look at the dynamics behind those two, sometimes they clash. And what we were doing is we were grieving completely different thinking, I'm thinking, and that's not grieving the right way. And she's thinking, wow, how come you're grieving that way, Mark? You're in denial. (laughs) 
and, and we realized that there was no correct way to grieve. Very good. Grieving takes on so many different, uh, different uh, colors. Absolutely. And, and, and so as we, as we began our journey, uh, the, the, the whole idea of finding me became very important to us. And the Finding Me book that we put together is, is not so much about us as it is about you. The most important story in your life is your story, not ours. No one else's. And so what we do is we, we, we put together this book where you're asked some, some very important questions. And uh, you have the chance to write your own book. That's what Finding Me is all about, is writing your own story and owning your own story, as Brene Brown always says. Yes. And, and that's, that's a critical part in the healing process. Absolutely. I love that. People just don't, you don't think about yourselves. You know, we have a hard time being selfish. You know, we find it easier to be selfless. I'm not saying that it's not great to be selfless, but there are, you know, until you can find yourself and know who you are, you know, then you can give, but you need to give to self, fill yourself up first. You know, that's so I a, love that you have the questions in there so people can. That, that's a hidden gem, Tamala. That's something that a lot of people really don't understand is that uh, you cannot help others. Now, we're not talking about a codependency helping others, right. but we're talking about a, you cannot help others. You cannot be a resource to others unless, and that's the key word right there, unless you have that self-love. And we, we sometimes we do think that's selfish, but unless we, and, and, and Annette and I do things completely different. I start my mornings every day with a, uh, with a hike up in the mountains right above our home. And I, and I love it, uh, whatever, the, whatever the season is. And that starts her day with meditation. But we each have our own standard of me time that is important so that we can get through the day and be able to help others that uh, seek our assistance. I love that. And you respect each other's way, right? Exactly. It's really, it, it, it's really big. And it's not, his isn't right or wrong. Mine isn't right or wrong. We both had to figure out the best way for us. And that's so important to have that, that me time. You know, this book is not something you can rush through. You know, you might think when you first glance at it, well, how did I get here? <laughs> you know, I, that was just, I just flipped a page and that was a question. Yeah, And well, I did this, this, and this, you know, to get to this point. No, we want you to sit, to sit with these, these questions, these thoughts. We've actually recorded some meditations to go along with these, um, these exercises mm -hmm. to help you to understand and to really take a look mm -hmm. at, at finding me, at writing your own story. And, and my story today looks different than it did 10 years ago. Absolutely. Or Absolutely. two years ago. And it's different. It'll be different. In five years. In right? five years. In 10 years. Exactly. Absolutely. And, and so if you would have asked us, are you going to get on this international podcast and be a guest and be vulnerable and tell people you didn't know who you were? 
I would have, no, <laughs> you know, that's well, not. And, and a big no for me. You know, <laughs> do, or that I, I, I saw a counselor and I still see her sometimes. Mm. I wouldn't have ever done that. But self-denial is our biggest enemy. Yes, absolutely. And I love that you guys wrote it this way because you, you, you allow people to have a, an opportunity to go under the surface. You know, I always tell people, you know, it looks so beautiful. The water looks so beautiful at the surface. It's, you know, you have your little ripples and it's so, the sound is beautiful. But when you get down into the muck, that's where the, that's where the healing is, right? So you're allowing people to get down, down there where the, the seaweed and, <laughs> and all of that is. And it is just some things that you need to work through. And then you can find the beauty that's down there as well. Right. No one likes no one likes muck, but we we have to go through the muck in order to find out uh, who we are. And sometimes the muck can be very difficult. Sometimes it can be really dirty. Mm -hmm. But once we're through that, and once we're able to see clearly again, isn't it amazing the difference that uh, is is made in our own lives? It's 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 uh, about finding happiness. We talk a lot about uh, being happy and what it takes to be happy. Yes. Talk about the importance of smiles. And, and uh, you know, there, there are three important words that we talk about often as well, and that's faith, hope, and charity. And, and, and each of those words have a very specific meaning, and it helps us to, to learn the tools that we need to in order to not just survive, but to thrive. Absolutely. And I, when I was on your site, I realized that you guys offer a course uh, from broken to beautiful. Can you tell the audience about it? This is another amazing healing journey. This is Kintsugi. It's, it's an ancient Japanese art. Now, when we break a bowl, what do we do? We throw it away. Throw it away. <laughs> well, anciently, um, one of the kings, and I don't remember which king, he had this prized piece, this vase, and it was, it was broke. And so here his servants are thinking, I'm going to, they're going to get killed. I mean, this is, this is life and death right. stuff. Right. And they took it and they thought, can we make it better? Can we make it more beautiful? And, and so this is an art that is still done today it is where they take these pieces and they put it back together with gold and it is it is more i wish you could see this better i can see it i can okay. see it um beautiful where you you examine these pieces and then you you put it back together i've seen and and read of different studies where they actually name put a name or an experience to each of the pieces oh, nice. and the healing that takes place as you actually examine that experience mm -hmm. and then you lovingly carefully mend it now one of the things that it was just it was a great experience i had and i i was speaking to a group of women in our in our congregation and and I, I was having a hard time 
coming up with this message of hope and feeling broken because you know when I talked about what I would I have ever shared that I went to a therapist no what I've done no because I thought that made me less than that showed that I was broken right? right well going back to our son Reed he loved his scars I mean he had this big scar that went from the top of his forehead all the way down past his ear because that's how they, and, and he would keep his hair short and I would please just grow it out. You hated that scar. I hated that scar. For what it represented. It, it, it was, was pain. pain, right? Right. He had this other one on his knee that they, after his body just didn't function right and he got this MRSA staph infection and they had to go in and it was this nasty, gross wound. All these things brought back pain to me. But for him, it was this badge of honor. That's right. He survived. He survived. And he was so proud of it. And I thought, well, why do I hide my scars? Mm. Why do I hide my brokenness? Because I just saw it as making me less than. But what happened mm. when all of a sudden I, I understood really what was happening, I could look at those pictures, those scars of my son, and it didn't hurt anymore. That's and I started to look at my brokenness, my broken pieces. Mm -hmm. And I shifted yeah, this shift in my mind about now those represent what I have overcome too. That's you know, whether it's abuse, whether it's codependency, whether right. it's a death of a child or divorce or whatever it may be, yeah. we all have things that have caused brokenness. And some of them we've done to ourselves addictions, different things, you know, those yeah. are things that we hear. So we, in this course, we give this a bowl and uh -huh. we have all the things that are necessary. So you, you can break that yourself. And then which is healing, have, which is healing <laughs> ask you to go back through this process of putting it back together. Uh. It's beautiful. And it's all part of this finding me is part of that. And that's something that we offer your listeners just as a gift for listening today is this resource of the finding me book but this course has all these tools and lessons and applications to, to help learn you know when we first when we first uh, broke our first ball and oh, put man. it back together our objective was to put it together as quickly as we possibly could <laughs> isn't that how we deal with life we, we, yes. we want it fixed and we want it fixed now it's how bad right now and right it, now the finished product was was awful it, it, it didn't look good and it was a lot weaker than it probably could have been if we wouldn't have taken the time the second go around. It took us a few weeks to put it back together the second time because we were very cautious. We were cleaning it. We were, we were sanding it. We were making sure that uh, everything fit just perfect. And that's, you know, again, another metaphor in life and the fact that sometimes it takes a little bit longer than we would anticipate or hope. But the healing journey is just that. It's a journey. A little and bit so of extra care is what you had yes, to do, right? Absolutely. Yeah, that's good. I love that. So where can they go to sign up for your course? Well, there's multiple places. And people have a hard time spelling Karen. You know, I we didn't think about that before. But it's C-A-I-R-N. Yes. The load. So you can go right to our website. You can find it there, um, the Broken to Beautiful course, 
or you can go to brokentobeautiful.net and go there or our social media. We love the community that's being built on social media, media, especially Instagram. And there is a link right there. And one other thing, Tamala, I would like to offer your, your listeners is 10% off and to use the code Tamala in there. Um, we would love to have you join us on this course. It's, it's all virtual. There are some live events that we schedule in there, but other than that, it doesn't matter where you live and what your schedule is in life um, because you have access to, to this course and to be able to do it. And we would just love to have, have you join us in your- Oh, that would be wonderful. Yes, thank you. So just to make sure that I get it all in, because I want to make sure that people, I will add the link, well, both links to the YouTube and to the podcast, um, but it is finding me a journey to get to know yourself and who you want to be. And then the course is called From Broken to Beautiful. And your business is called Karen Delode. Yes? yes. Excellent. This has been a pleasure. My goodness, this is wonderful. I appreciate you guys so much for stopping by. And do you have any last words that you'd like to give to the audience? You know, we, we, we talked just for a minute about uh, happiness and, and that's what we all seek. It's, it's all about happiness and we find happiness in various ways. And it's about finding your own happiness. That finding me is so important, but I, I really resonate, especially with seasons. I love seasons and it's the fall right now here in Utah. And, and as, I, as I hike, I see the fact that uh, all those beautiful leaves that were once vibrant are now falling off the trees and, and uh, it can become a little bit of a uh, dark, dark time. And for your listeners, life can sometimes be very dark, but I, I've always taken solace in a, in a poem and, and it's, it's very, very simple. It, it basically just says, we have to believe in happiness or happiness never comes. We look forward and beyond the clouds and see the shining sun. We have to believe the buds will grow, believe the grass below the snow. That is the reason that a bird can sing on the darkest day he believes in spring. That's what we're trying to do is to help uh, those who, who are needing a springtime in their lives. The springtime does come. We promise it'll come again. And uh, as difficult and as frustrating as, again, life can sometimes be, springtime is there and it will come. And uh, it's about having the faith necessary to realize that, as Annie would say, the sun will come up tomorrow. <laughs> Mark, that is beautiful. I love that. Thank you. Well, Annette, Mark, thank you guys so much for being on the show. Um, if you need anything, please let me know. I will be getting the book and trying to find the new me because I'm also, I'm changing every day, all day. So I think that it'll be a great tool for me to, you know, do some more soul searching. So thank you so much. Uh, and I will be right back with you. It was so wonderful talking to the Andersons. That was fantastic. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And I also hope that you have a chance to come join us on Facebook. Our group name is Codependent Me. And we also are on Instagram 
And please subscribe to this podcast when you have a moment. Thank you guys so much for taking the time. I truly, truly, truly enjoy it. And thank you because you could listen to any other podcast, but you chose this one. Thanks again. Have a wonderful day. Bye. I understand that nothing is more valuable than your time, so thank you for listening. Be sure to join our Facebook group, Codependent Me, and check out my website at codependentme.org. Thanks so much. Have a great day.